0: Hey, what's up Cub fans? Welcome to episode 48 of Locked on Cubs. I'm your host Ryan Davis from the Sporting News and also at CubsInsider.com and I'm bringing you this question-laden episode of Locked on Cubs because the Cubs unfortunately called their opening day at Wrigley Field on Monday and rescheduled it for Tuesday. So I did yesterday's episode on all the topics that I had kind of saved up and then the snow came and unfortunately pushed us to Tuesday for the opener and I really just didn't have much to talk about but you guys came through for me you sent along a bunch of questions that I thought were either uh, just kind of fun or interesting that I could uh, go over and I'm going to go ahead and do that over the first two segments and then in the final segment I'll go over what happened briefly uh, between the Reds and the Phillies and then the Brewers and the Cardinals on Monday night and then I'll make my big announcement for the giveaway that I have going on if you entered that giveaway I gave you until opening day uh, on uh, Monday, but I had made my selection before the Cubs actually called uh, the game and moved it to Tuesday. So uh, that that decision has been made, and I will announce who won the Sammy Sosa rookie card and the Wrigley Field watercolor print uh, at the end of the podcast. So the first question I have here comes from John Teagues, who is on Twitter at Cubs Liker. Question says: How long will Hap last at the leadoff spot? So. I'd wanted to do a little research on this because I see a lot of parallels. It's, it's not exactly the same, but I do see a lot of parallels between what's going on with Ian Happ early this year and what happened with Kyle Schwarber last year. So I have a video of Joe Madden talking about what happened with Schwarber last year when he finally did move him out of that leadoff spot. And here's that video from that moment. Um, what, I, what I was looking at there, a uh, couple things. Zoe's been really good lately. Uh, we gave him a couple of days off, and he's come out of it real nicely. And perhaps the new Zobrist, uh, in other words, he could protect Rizzo. So, <clears throat> looking at it, and then the other the other component, I thought, you know, we talked a lot about Kyle hitting a lot of balls into the shift. If 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 in fact, so can get on a little bit more often, it might move that second baseman out of that spot. I don't know, it might. Uh, so, uh, you look at um, Schwerber's batting average, even Anthony's. A lot of that's impacted by the shift. So maybe um, Hap being here pretty much permits me to think that way, I think. So there's some interesting stuff in there. That video is actually from May 20th of 2017. So you can see, you know, today, uh, if you're listening to this, when this comes out, it's uh, April 10th. So it hasn't been quite that long, whereas Schwarber hung around in that leadoff spot for quite a while. But again, there are some things that are different here. Uh, Madden has shown a remarkable amount of stubbornness in regard to making change. Uh, So there's that to consider that won't come to a surprise any fans. I don't think that have watched closely given Schwarber's struggles last year. It took until May 20th for Madden to finally make that move. uh, And this is a good template. I think, of course, as you heard in that clip, uh, the narrative of the time was that Schwarber was hitting a lot of balls in the shift. So it didn't seem that anybody was at least with the Cubs specifically thinking that he had gotten into a serious issue at the plate, at least publicly. Uh, with Hap, on the other hand, the problem right now is a serious lack of contact. So in 30 plate appearances coming into opening day at Wrigley, Hap has struck out 17 times. So I, I think Madden will give him a while and keep playing him with favorable matchups. Uh, we've seen Al Mora in the leadoff spot against lefties. Zobrist is as hot as anybody on the team right now, so he can take that role if needed. I, I think he'll keep getting him in there uh, when he thinks that Hap can be successful, But if we start to get to May and Hap hasn't figured it out yet and he's still striking out a ton, you may see him in the lineup less frequently. You may see him move down in the lineup. And if it continues on much longer than that, you may eventually see him down at AAA. But that's looking really far ahead. I don't think we're going to get there. I think Hap's going to adjust and figure it out because this guy is smart. He's a talented baseball player. He works hard. And you know I just don't think that this is a case where he's just completely broken. Second question I have for the first segment is from our own Kelly Wallace. She asks what happened in the Venezuelan winter league in 2014. So let's set the stage a little bit here. Uh, Wilson Contreras had a big triple uh, for the Cubs two days ago, and it was against Milwaukee And when he got to third base, at first people were wondering what he was doing because uh, Brian Butterfield held him up, but it looked like maybe he could have scored uh, on an inside the park home run. He got held up at third base and then uh, video cameras uh, caught him. Man, this is the second straight podcast where I've got uh, some F-bombs in here, Uh, caught him saying F-U, F-U to somebody. And we didn't know who he was looking at because the the camera was facing him. So he could have been yelling at the pitcher. He could have been yelling at the catcher. Could have been yelling at someone in the dugout. We didn't know. So after the game, uh, Contreras mentioned that it was somebody in the dugout that he was yelling at. And here's, here's the quote that I have from him. There's only one person from them, Milwaukee, that I don't like. I took it personally. We had an incident in Venezuela back in 2014. He knows who he is. I guess that person was maybe saying something to him while he was at the plate yesterday or, or some at some point. I don't know what that was or, or, or what was said. But uh, the question here from Kelly is, what happened? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. I think uh, Wilson Contreras and that person know. But the one thing we can do is whittle it down to find out who exactly this person uh, that Contreras has an issue with is. And uh, a Twitter user by the name uh, goes by EJ Block. He did a little research on who was with teams in the Venezuelan League in 2014-15, and he narrowed it down to several Brewers players. Now, Contreras mentioned that it was somebody in the dugout, and what EJ did was narrow down who was on the field versus in the dugout. And as it turns out, only Eric Thames was in the dugout uh, for the Brewers at that time during the game, uh, who was also in the Venezuelan League uh, in 2014-15. So, you know, by uh, this Twitter user who who kindly did this, and then uh, it was written up at Cubs Insider, so you can go check that out uh, about the whole thing. But uh, through all that research, it, it appears that Thames is the likely candidate uh, for Wilson Contreras's. Uh, little tirade that he uh went on at third base. So that's the best we can do, I think, uh, unless somebody uh has the stones to ask Contreras specifically about what happened, which you know, if he didn't say it and nobody asked it uh after the game on Sunday, I'm not gonna be the guy to go to Chicago and uh go up to Wilson Contreras and ask him to tell me what happened. So you're not gonna get it from me. And even if he did, I probably wouldn't repeat it uh because that doesn't seem like a thing that he would share. Uh, wanting to everybody to know so that's your answer It's best we can do I think we'll just have to know that uh, anytime Contreras goes down to first base against the Brewers uh, when Thames is there maybe the camera should stay on him a little bit longer or if you're at the ballpark keep your eyes peeled to see if uh, anything's said over there at first base all right moving on to a second segment just more questions Uh, this one comes from Ryan Cox who is Mr. Ryan Cox on Twitter he says, has Eddie Butler's performance thus far changed the discussion on who gets first crack at starting? Should one of the starting five have to, God forbid, miss a start? Now there are two answers to that really. Uh, it, it could just depend on what's happening. So uh, if a guy needs to miss a start because he wakes up on the morning that he's pitching, you know, let's say uh, Tyler Chatwood wakes up tomorrow or I guess today for opening day on Tuesday uh, and and is just puking his guts out. Um, yeah, obviously, the Cubs, I think, in that scenario, they might go to Eddie Butler. That that might be the scenario where they go to Eddie Butler first. Uh, and, and there is a reason for that. It's mainly because he's the one guy in the bullpen that was still stretched out long enough to go longer innings. Uh, he threw 90 pitches against the Marlins in that opening series, and he's pitched one more time since. So realistically, he could still probably pitch 75, 80, maybe 90 pitches at most uh, if the Cubs needed him to. On the other hand you have a scenario where maybe the cubs have a serious injury that they need somebody to step in for a month or two in the in the rotation again not something you want to have happen but in that scenario i don't think it's necessarily going to be butler i think mike montgomery is still number six uh, and moves up in, in that event so um montgomery on the other hand he he hasn't thrown more than 18 pitches in an appearance since the season began and he's not gone more than one inning so there's that with the problem but uh, if they needed somebody in the longer-term role, I think maybe they would go to Montgomery with Eddie Butler piggybacking him uh, until he's stretched out enough to take on the role fully on his own. But it is a good question. I, I, I don't know specifically what the Cubs are thinking. Uh, I, I think that uh, Butler has changed uh, some of the opinion of him publicly, at least, and it's because of two reasons. One, His stuff has played up in the bullpen in a way that I I don't think many of us thought it would uh, with movement on his fastball primarily. And two, seven of his eight innings have come against Miami Marlins. So uh, it's looked a lot better than, you know, in the small sample size, I guess. So I'm not still, I'm still not sold on Eddie Butler totally as a reliever long-term. I think his best value would probably be as your sixth or seventh starter uh, if he can get to that point where he's providing that value again. But you know, I still like the idea that they kept him on the roster with the team rather than risking getting him through waivers, which I don't think it was going to happen. I think he was going to end up in somebody's bullpen or as somebody's number five starter on a lesser team elsewhere. So, um, great question. I think that's what it is right now. That that Butler would be the guy to step in if you know somebody in the next couple weeks woke up and was sick or you know had to be scratched from their start for some reason. Uh, I think Butler would be the guy to go, but over a long-term period i think montgomery is that guy still last question i have comes from adam h mcginnis and he asks should we normalize peanut butter on burgers (sighs) all right so here's what i'm going to say i've always been a proponent of eating what you like so long as it's not truly disgusting Uh, i've been known to toss ketchup on a hot dog in my day i also eat black olives straight out of the can which i know some people don't like So eat what you eat, you know, I'm not going to judge you. Um, I've been trying to eat a bit healthier in the, in the more recent months. I know I've mentioned this before and you guys who follow me on Twitter will know I've lost uh, about 30 pounds uh, since uh, around November of last year. So uh, I've been just cutting out sugar and uh, trying to eat less carbs, not specifically no carb, but, you know, cutting it out where I don't need it, that kind of thing. And, you know, just in general, a lot more. Uh, lean protein and vegetables and healthier meals and and cutting out like soda i don't drink beer very frequently anymore Uh, i have the occasional glass of wine so yeah that's what i've been doing but that's not because i'm being judgy for anybody else i I also uh, occasionally will do a full full day where i don't eat any meat or or a couple days in a week where i don't eat any meat and i'll make a couple vegetarian meals which is not something that i I'm used to I, I'm I've been very much a meat eater, but that's not uh, coming from a place of judging anybody else or their or their food. I guess that's just me needing to for my own personal health and knowing that I'm kind of getting to a point in my life where uh, I can't I can't just eat whatever I want the rest of my life and expect to you know live a healthy life because diabetes and heart disease run in my family. And I'm not, you know, grossly overweight, but you know, I'm a chubby guy and you know, all that. So not to go uh, too far off the rails here with the question, but the question was peanut butter on burgers. So that gives you the context that you need. In my answer is uh, I won't be eating it, but I won't judge you for eating it because you do you. The only thing I don't want to see is some horrifying bastardized McDonald's burger with peanut butter on it and we'll be good because I can't imagine any scenario where that isn't some like unholy putrid concoction of death that that will be truly disgusting. So don't bring me a McDonald's burger with peanut butter and we'll be fine. You eat what you eat. And I just don't want to see that. Before we go to our Around the NL Central segment, let's uh, first mention one key note. Uh, Anthony Rizzo is headed to the 10-day DL retroactive to April 6th. That'll put him on pace to return uh, if his back is healthy enough uh, on April 16th against the St. Louis Cardinals, which will be next Monday. So uh, he'll only miss a handful more games, and it really is just the right move. It's only a few days, and you know it's April, it's cold there's no reason to rush Rizzo back into the lineup. So let him rest his back, call up somebody it's unclear who's coming up, but my money would be on a guy like David Bodie or Mark Zagunis, uh, who are already on the 40 man roster. Bring one of those guys up to sit on the bench, put Zobrist at first base, rotate in Victor Caratini when you can and just do it that way. All right. So uh, the Cubs and the Pirates were obviously both off today. Uh, The Reds played at the Phillies. Uh, the Phillies scored in the bottom of the eighth to break a 5-5 tie, beating the Cincinnati Reds by a score of 6-5. The Reds are now 2-7 and safely in last place. The Brewers and Cardinals played each other in St. Louis, and this one was a fun one. Uh, the Brewers were up 4-3 to heading to the bottom of the ninth. They brought in Matt Albers to uh, close out the game. Yadier Molina dunked a little floater into right field, soft contact, uh, to get on first with nobody out. Then Paul DeYoung hit a little chopper that Albers tried to field but ended up knocking down for an infield hit. Uh, Colton Wong attempted to bunt the runners over, and bunted it down the third baseline, and ended up with an infield uh, single. So that was bases loaded on some pretty soft contact. Uh, f- still 4-3 to three Brewers, but nobody out for the Cardinals. Greg Garcia hit a shallow fly ball to center for the first out, not deep enough to score the runner from third. And then our old friend Dexter Fowler hit a deep enough fly ball to score that tying run, uh, making it four to four. And then Tommy Pham grounded out, sending the game to extras at four, four. So Albers did get out of it uh, with the game, you know, still tied, which was good, I guess. But, uh, you know, some of that, that weak contact and, you know, ended up just uh, blowing the lead and the save there in the ninth inning. However, Greg Holland came in for his first Cardinals appearance in the top of the 10th, and it did not go well. He promptly walked the first two batters, a bunt moved the runners up, he intentionally walked Manny Pina to load the bases with one out to try and set up the double play, and then he walked Orlando Arcia on four pitches to force in the go-ahead run. That was four walks with one intentional, getting one out in Holland's Cardinals debut. I think it's safe to say he wasn't ready uh, to make his debut for the Cardinals. So uh, that ended up being the final score, five to four in favor of the Brewers. Albers came out and uh, finished off the game. Cardinals dropped four and six, while the Brewers improved to six and five on the season. Final note I have for you guys is our big giveaway that we had. Congrats to our winner, Josh, who goes by Thornton Madison on Twitter. You'll be receiving your Sammy Sosa rookie card and Wrigley Field watercolor in the mail in the coming days. Thank you to everyone who took the time to take part. And don't worry, we'll have more giveaways coming in throughout the season. Hopefully some pretty cool stuff. Maybe even some tickets to a game at some point. Ooh, tease, tease, tease. All right. Thanks again, guys. Uh, sorry you didn't have any uh, good stuff to talk about uh, with the Cubs not playing on opening day, moving that back till Tuesday. But hey, you know, at least we have uh, a, a decent run of games barring any inclement weather that we'll be able to talk about. And uh, hopefully, I think I'll be getting out to the ballpark soon. And doing some cool stuff there and hopefully giving you guys some interesting things to listen to uh, as I do my thing at Wrigley Field. So that's it for you guys. Uh, I will talk to you again tomorrow and hopefully uh, cross your fingers, have some good news following real opening day.